Welcome to episode 57 of the Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, how you doing this fine night? Eh, not too bad. Day's been a little hectic, trying to get all my stuff done that I normally do on Sundays because I won't have time tomorrow. So. Yeah, you busy? Uh, the Invitational. Oh, yeah. I did not know that was coming up on us because I don't pay attention to anything. Well, well yeah. good luck. We'll know how well you did by the time this episode drops, but... Yep. Um, as of recording, we won't. Nope. Yeah. So um, uh, be interesting. Yeah. But all right. So um, actually, we're just going to get right into it today. We got a lot of talk about. It. So there's a set coming out apparently called Dominaria. Shocking. Yeah, I totally forgot. But this whole spoiler <laughs> was released. Um, so we are going to start talking about this one and uh, give our set review and everything. So why don't we just why don't we just kick this off and um hit up the mechanics really quick of the set and kind of start when we can jump off and start talking about some of our favorite cards that we like. Okay. So um, the biggest named mechanic in this set is the uh, mechanic air quotes um, is the historic batching or whatever it is with the thing. The mechanics in the set are kind of weird, aren't they? Yes. And by kind of, you mean very? Yeah. Well, let's just get this other kickers back. Okay. Moving yep. on to other things. Kicker, one <laughs> of right, the greatest, so. one of the greatest and most open mechanic designs ever created. I'm Mar- not a fan of kicker because of that, actually. Yeah, Mar- like, Mar- exactly Mar- Mar- reason. <laughs> no, he I, he. I think he said he designed it. Nor no, he didn't. But um, maybe he didn't. But like, he's like, it's such a good tool. But like, now everybody looks at it and goes, "Oh, that's just you know another mechanic," and goes, "That's just kicker." Yeah. But. Um, but so historic, basically it's just a term to use to reference artifacts, legendaries, and sagas, which we'll be hitting up in just a second here, because that's actually mechanical. Um, and they can put that on anything, which is kind of interesting. So, you know, whenever you cast a historic spell, draw a card, you know, return a historic spell from your graveyard to your hand, something like that. But does that really, I mean, that's the mechanic. I don't think we have too much to weigh in on that. It's more going to be how it's used on a specific card. Yeah, it's really weird that it counts every artifact, but they're also called artifacts, so I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's mechanically it makes sense, I think, to some degree. Like, you have to have something like that. Because if it was just sagas and legendaries, like, it wouldn't have enough, it wouldn't hold enough water, if that makes sense. Yeah. So by, so by putting something that's really or quotes common on there, like, you know, has a lot of density, it's less parasitic. So, so now it matters in a larger scope of things. Yeah. It opens them up to be actually seeing play outside of, you know, limited and stuff, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that will be cool. But, um, so the other mechanic is sagas, which they're kind of cool actually. Um, but yeah, they're, they have a whole new art layout which was much maligned at the beginning, but I, they've grown on me a lot. I actually, I, I really like the whole vertical artistry because it, it's, it's showing it's you a different angle, right? Uh-huh. It's like if you think about it, every time someone makes a card full art, all they're doing is just making the art vertical instead of horizontal. Yeah. And this just mm-hmm. preemptively does that. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of makes it impossible to make the sagas full art because you can't really extend the stuff because it's all centered yeah. over in the right. Yeah, exactly. Or I it's, mean, it's, it's right justified. It's not centered. 
yeah the the ratio would be off if you yeah. tried to stretch you'd like you'd have to stretch and stuff but i don't know i think the stuff they did with that is really cool we'll we'll talk more about saga art in a little bit but um basically they when you play them they have an effect and then each turn after that at the beginning of your main phase you move you put another counter on them and then the next the next effect goes off until the third one goes off and it blows up the saga and does a bunch of stuff so yeah, something in take into account with the sagas is you don't get to choose when it activates. It is it does immediately activate at the beginning of your main phase. Yeah. So if it does something like, you know, puts a counter on a creature you control and you don't control a creature, you don't get the counter. Mm-hmm. That is something it can create some account. It can create some awkwardness, but yeah. I don't know. I think it's really cool. There's some some interesting ones there that as I said, we'll probably we'll talk about a few of them and everything. We'll probably talk about them in general when we really talk about the sagas so all right but so that's just a quick oh and yeah legendary matters is a big thing uh yes that is (laughs) i suppose that's something to talk about (laughs) that's part of the whole thing about the um uh historic stuff is like there is a very very large uh, legendary matters theme in this set it's primarily for limited but that was kind of necessary to have her, her uh, historic actually be a mechanic. And as a result of that, there's a lot of legendary creatures and other things that are not rare, which has not been seen since Kamigawa. Yeah, the other legendary matters set. Which is really interesting. <laughs> well, they figured... Uh... They figure they can do it right, so we'll see. But um, uh, yeah. But I don't know. Well, yeah. You know, let's just jump into this. Let's just get cooking. Start talking about some cards. So, favorite effect. All right. I'm. I have a few. <laughs> I can't, I couldn't just pick one actually. Um, so I'm just gonna start start off with mine. So I have haphazard bombardment as my first one. Uh, so five in a red enchantment. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, choose four non-enchantment permanents you don't control and put an aim counter on each of them. And then at the beginning of your end step, if two or more permanents you don't control have an aim counter on them, destroy one of those permanents at random. I don't know. I just, like, I had to read this card, like, three times, but when I finally got it, I just kind of started laughing. And I just think it's absolutely ridiculous, and I love it. The thing I don't, that... think, I don't think it's great, but it just makes me laugh. It's just another one of those, like, super random, this is really cool effects that, like, you know, a certain demographic really, really love, right? Which like, me, yeah. I mean, yeah. I played Goblin Test Pilot in the deck for a long time just because I loved Goblin Test Pilot. Yeah. And one of the one of the fascinating things about this card is it actually gets better in multiples. Oh, interesting. Because, you know, the way each enchant like, the first enchantment can only destroy three mm-hmm. things. But the second one actually gets to destroy four because it takes into account the one, the aim counter that you already left on another permanent. So completely, completely. I mean, it's rare. What are the odds of you having multiple of them? But it's still something. Also a six drop enchantment. Yeah, it's just it's something to think about. That's kind of entertaining. Yeah. Okay. I'm disappointed that there's no goblins in the art. Yeah, I know. We'll just assume that the goblins are flinging things. Probably. I mean, right? <laughs> so, um, so the next one I have is Burfolk Trickster. Uh, 
blue blue for a 2-2 merfolk wizard with flash when it enters the battlefield tap target creature and opponent controls it loses all abilities until end of turn i think this is just a really cool design card this card's just good i thought it was a reprint actually uh when i first looked at it but i realized i think i was mixing up the name with something else but like yeah like this card's just good but like that effect like i like that effect that's a really cool effect to just staple on a creature yeah, like, the fact that it has Flash is really nice. Mm-hmm. Like, when I first read this, I was, like, hemming and hawing, like, is this even close to replaceable for Harbinger of the Tides? Or can it mm-hmm. be, like, more Harbinger of the Tides? And I'm not sure. But it's, I mean, it's close. Like, this card has potential. Yeah. Yeah, this, the, this is legit. There is a Merfolk deck in Standard. It's not like Tier 1 or anything, but I think that if you're not playing this card in that deck, you're doing it wrong. Probably. Because loses all abilities is really, really good against something like a Scarab God. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, that card doesn't see any play, though, so it doesn't no, matter. Not right? at all. No. None. <laughs> <laughs> that card's dirty and makes me feel good. <laughs> uh but so yeah, that, I, I just want to shout out that card because that card just seems so cool. Like I don't know, it just really got me. Um, and so my last one uh, that I have is uh, Precognition Field, uh, and it is three in a blue enchantment. Uh, you may look at the top card of your library. Um, you may cast the top card of your library if it's an instant or sorcery card, and pay three exile the top card of your library. Like this is just a cool card in my opinion. Like I really like cards like this. Honestly, I'm probably I probably need to get at least one, and it's going in a deck of mine, um, for sure. I think, but I don't know. I just really really dig it. I think it's a sweet card, and yeah, I don't know. That's that's about all I can say about it. I think it's just cleverly designed, and it's kind of a it's kind of a toned down, cool, uh, interesting future site. Yeah, like, if you were to, like, take the... If you were to, like, chop one off of both mana costs on this card, I think this card actually becomes almost, like... It has a potential of being too good. Yeah. But with the mana costs as they are, it's more... This is just cool. Yeah. I feel like there there was actually some concern from someone that this card might be t- might go too far. Oh, really? Which is fascinating. Huh. Because it's one of those things that it just costs just a little too much, right? Yeah, maybe. It's cool. Well, we'll see. Like, yeah. there's 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 potential there and stuff. But so that's that's what I had. What do you got, John? Uh, I only really have one in my list of um, favorite effects, and this is more the entire card in general. I'm fascinated okay. by. Okay. Uh, it's the name is Torgar Famine Incarnate, <laughs> and one it has some it has some pretty all right art, right? Yeah, it does. And then as an, it is six colorless and two black for a seven six legendary creature avatar. Uh, as an additional cost to cast a spell, you may sacrifice any number of creatures. The spell costs two less to cast for each creature sacrificed this way. And when Torgar Famine Incarnate enters the battlefield, up to one target player's life total becomes half their starting life total rounded down. Hmm. Hmm. So, that's just really interesting. Yeah. Like, 
unfortunately, the way the ability works doesn't combo the way I want it to with a few other cards in this set that have me like thinking of a deck idea. <laughs> but it's still... It's one of those things that it's like, I really enjoy playing aristocrat-style decks. And this is just like right up that alley, isn't this it? This is right up that alley, right? Like, it sacks stuff, it does all these, you know... It's a big 7-6 body, which can be relevant. Like, I don't think this is good enough. Yeah. But it's still really interesting to think about. It'd be cool to see if, like, an Aristocrats deck showed up in there. Because, like, just the two lines of cards I'm looking at, like, in, we're looking at the card image together here. Like, the one right next to it is pay two, sacrifice a creature, draw a card. There's the Vicious Offering that has Kicker, Sacrifice a Creature. And then the one right next to that is Tap It, Sacrifice Two Creatures, Return a Creature from Your Graveyard to the Battlefield. So, like, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's card, there's like payoffs to some degree, but it's like, are they enough? And can you, is the value there? Yeah, that's the fascinating part. It's like, how far can, you, can this actually go? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. There's a lot of cards that are currently on my th- in my little thought process bubble that I've been like bouncing back and forth on ever since this set started being spoiled. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'll I'll probably actually I will be talking about a few of them later. Also, okay. So, all right. So, so um, John, what is your favorite art of this set? So, I have an honorable mention. Okay. And then I have my true pick, which kind of encompasses a few others. Okay. Uh, my honorable mention is Arcane Flight. Fair. I actually was like, that card's really cool. Like, I love the colors, and I love the fact how it's just a cat with wings that's chasing a bird. <laughs> that's all, like... The, like and then the fl- yeah. the, fl- the flavor text ties it in beautifully, which is the Tlarian Academies are known for their magical research, powerful sorcerers, and accidentally destruction of accidental destruction of ecosystems. <laughs> like it's just everything ties that card together so well, and that's what's so beautiful about it. Like it's I don't know, it's just it's just one of those cards that like it's so simple, it's so dumb, but the entire package is absolutely perfect. Yeah, it just comes together so nicely that it's absolutely, like, it's something that I just look at that I, like, I don't necessarily giggle because laughter isn't really in my in my yeah. repertoire, but it makes me smile, right? Like, it's one of those sweet things. Yeah. It's, and, it's super, super cool. And then my actual favorite art in the set, which I really, really hope they come out with a wall scroll for it, fingers crossed is phyrexian <laughs> scriptures yeah so yeah. this art is absolutely like an homage to the old uh, i believe it's the tempest dark ritual yes with a, that's with, a, with a limb hanging out of a corpse cart mm-hmm. and it's just a sacrificial altar with Phyrexian, with the Phyrexian scriptures writing on it, with the symbol of the, with a, a, with the apocalypse mask on it, which I believe is supposed to represent um, something in Phyrexia. I don't, I don't remember exactly what, so I don't want to say. And like, I just love the colors. I love everything about it. It's just like that card has so much going on. It's just 
beautiful. <laughs> yes. And like all of the write all the fraction writing has actually been translated already. Uh-huh. Like it is the actual uh, Frexian scriptures um, flavor text that is on eight different cards, mm-hmm. which is actually fascinating. And then, just like as a side note in regards to this, like all of the sagas, just have good art. Like they they're really all do. good. They're all good for different reasons. This mm-hmm. one is more for like the sheer realism and brutality of it. Mm-hmm. But, but there's like, some pretty it, sweet it, stuff. It's so good. And the thing is, is that when they designed the art, they said all the art is designed to be art from, so it is art of art from the world depicting these events. So like, if you notice like the ones about Benalia are like stained glass and stuff like that. Like, um, uh, I saw the, um, uh, the like real art for the, or there's like on Reddit, there's a picture of the real art for, um, uh, I think it was like the ice age one or something like that. Uh And it was just, phenomenal looking but it has that sort that it has a look that fits that sort of um aesthetic and time period like all of them are just so well done it's just ridiculous yeah, they need to make a wall scroll for that one like yeah there's they've announced them for three of the arts uh-huh. and i believe it was like a time of ice right of bells and lock and then the history of banalia yeah, time of ice is i think the one that i'm thinking of but yeah, they needed like friction scriptures is one that like needs a wall scroll. But yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to those because seriously. Yeah, they look sweet, but okay. So I have an honorable mention as well. Um I feel like we've honorable mentioned this before. <laughs> but um holy shit dim <laughs> basic land arts <laughs> like the basic lands in it look phenomenal yeah i was actually trying to figure out where where all on dominaria they all specifically were coming from but i just don't know enough about the world of dominaria to know so um i gotta look really quick here and make sure that my information is uh relatively correct um but so there's a, a cycle of the lands in like all of them are good. Let me just say that. But there's yeah. a cycle of each of the basic lands that have like an arch in them. Yeah. Uh, so from what I understand is, is that I believe those uh, who uh, did those Mark Poole, I think is who it was. All right. So in... Uh, what was it? Fallen Empires. He did the art for a series of comes into the strongholds lands. Yep. Um, every single one of those arts is a riff off the stronghold lands, and is actually the arches the root is like the ruined doorway of the strongholds from the homelands art. Well, that's fascinating. Like how fucking hardcore is that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like or. So, yeah, they had him do a, a series of the arts based on that from the art he did for, you know, Fallen Empires, <laughs> you know, tw- you know, 20 years ago. Um, like, I, I saw that and I'm like, that is cool as hell. Like, that's taking things seriously. Dude, there's a lot of things <laughs> in this set that they have taken 
a million percent seriously in regards to art, like uh, Easter eggs and stuff like that. Like they have gone nanners with it. It's <laughs> it's crazy. But so, well, well, all the basic art land arts are super super cool. Um, that just deserves a, in my opinion, that one just deserves an a specific honorable mention because like thumbs up to everybody involved with that. Um, but okay. So my real favorite art, and this is kind of a weird one is, um, syncopate. <laughs> so yeah, like this, I don't think this is an art I would normally like. But for some reason, when I look at it, it just strikes me every time. It just, like, let, all right, I think we need to stop and say something here, too, about the art in this set. Like, you talked about how good all the saga art is. Like, basically every card in the set has good to awesome art. Like, yes. the art in this set is freaking phenomenal. Like, I... It just it blows me away. Like, and it was really hard picking out favorite art because all of it was so dang good. Actually, we had a lot of trouble. I had a lot of trouble picking out some things because everything is so dang good, in my opinion. Like, I'm really excited for this set, honestly. But so, like, but like, Syncopate just has this sort of, and they did this with a lot of the arts. It's a callback to like that style of art that I really like from Mirage. Like. It's sort of, it has that, it's not really that stylized look that there is now, but it's that, that realistic look, but it's sort of just off enough to not be realistic, but it doesn't look like the, you know, the normal art they do, if that makes sense. Like, it's so hard to, for me to put into words. Like, I'm not an art person, you know, really, but... And I think maybe that's why I just latch onto it so much is because it reminds me of that Mirage era of art. Some of the really good art from Mirage. Which is fitting seeing as how Teferi is from there. Yes, exactly, right? Like also I just love the counterspell style art of it. Like it's it's another one of those cards that I feel like it all the the flavor text brings the effect together with the art and everything. Like it all just kind of melds, you know, like Mm-hmm. it's i don't know plus yeah plus syncopate is just one of the cleverest card names ever made so where does the name come from so it's actually so if you know syncopate is actually um a combination of two counter spell effects uh power sync and dissipate sync opate Huh. <laughs> it actually means something too, I think, but like but like I, I heard I don't remember where I think Rosewater explained it once that he was like super proud of how that card got named because it was because it, it you know, even if it wasn't intentional, it combined the, the effects of dissipatance and power sync. <laughs> yeah, I actually I didn't even I never even thought about that. That's actually kinda sweet. That's pretty clever, isn't it? <laughs> but also, I think it's a sweet counter spell, but um, yeah. So there's. Yeah, I actually, yeah. I actually really like the syncopate art, also, mm-hmm. but I actually more like it just because it seems it's very washed out. Like, yep. it is noticeably not vibrant, mm-hmm. which a lot of the cards in this set are, and it stands out for that reason alone. Yeah, it does. 
it's I don't know. It, if you look at a lot of the art in the set, like even a lot of so the majority of the art, well, all the art follows the modern standards of art. Like you know, it has to yeah. be good enough. But if you look at like Merfolk Trickster, like that card, well, it follows the modern standard of art. The way it was, the the way the art looks gives you a feeling of that art style from like Onslaught, doesn't it? Yeah, it is very evocative of the old school art style like, while still being clear like, like the modern. And and there's tons of cards that do that in this set. And that's what's so insane about it is is there's a number of cards. Um uh Weight of Memory is another one I looked at. Um it you know, it, it has a very modern art style, but it actually looks like the arts but it gives me a feeling of art from like uh Urza Saga block. Yeah, it looks old. It doesn't it. Like but it definitely has a modern sensibility to it. Like there's there's mm-hmm. tons of cards that do that, and I think that's super impressive that they're able to do it. And I think probably the reason I latched onto Syncopate so hard is because it has that art from Mirage, which I, I love the new art style that Magic's doing. I don't think they should go back, but Mirage had the best art, the the best combined art direction of any set in Magic. Period. Mirage block. Fab- Mirage block. Fabulous basic lands. The, that entire block's art was phenomenal. It was better than any period in Magic's history. Like, museum-quality art in that stuff. Like, it was just great. But I don't think they should ever go back to that. Like, I think they should stay with their art direction for other reasons. But the fact that they're willing... The fact that in this set they're like, we're going to keep our quality standards, but we can still give nods to the old styles of art. I mean, even the sagas do that in a lot of cases, you know? By being art of art. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. There's my, my long-winded rant on that one, I guess. But, okay. Nothing wrong with long-winded rants. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, card you want to draft the most. I'm just going to get mine out of the way because this is just the lowest hanging fruit in the world. And I, all I want to do is have every divination that comes in front of me in my deck. Like, so for... For the first reason is is one, I just want to play divinations all day. Two, I really hope divination is a card you can play in this set. Like I just want it to be like in limited. All I want to be doing is casting divinations, and I hope I am able to cast divinations. I would be very surprised if you couldn't. Yeah, I'm just but... saying. That's what I always say, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I got for that one. I don't. I don't have much it's, to say. It's divination. It's divination. <laughs> all I want to do is divinate. <laughs> uh, mine is also kind of a cop out, but it's worth mentioning that Verdant Force is just a freakishly powerful card in limited. Yeah, that card. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It, uh, so it is a 7-7 seven, seven for 8 mana. So it's expensive. It's difficult expensive. to cast. Yep. At the beginning of each upkeep, create a 1-1 one, one green sapling creature token. Uh, some people might recognize that as being very similar to the text on what? Uh, Old Growth Dryad? Is that what it was called? Uh, n- no. Uh, dry- what's it called? It's not Old Growth Dryad. It's on uh, Tender Shoot Dryad. Ten- tender Shoot Dryad. Yep. Very... It, you know the exact same ability 
except Henry Street Riot just gets out of hand easier. But this is the OG, right? Yeah. Like, and this thing has a body on it that by itself is difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. That's one of the and saving just, graces is that tender shoot giant is a two two, and you can yeah. just you know you can just craving it or something. Yeah, and this card is just massive by any metric, and it creates an infinite army of sapperlings. Like this card is just good. You should never pass it. You mm-hmm. should, you know. If this is in your opening pack, you take it, you commit yourself to green, and you find a way to cast it at a reasonable time. And you win the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is one of those cards that just can win the game for you. Yeah. Like, very, very easily. Very easily, yeah. Okay. I mean, do we have anything more we want to say about the cards we want to draft? Honestly, I just want to draft this goddamn set. Like, I am so pumped for this. Uh, have I said that? I'm excited for this set. I am really excited for this set. Yeah. Okay. Like it, I'm I'm really intrigued by it to see how the limited format works. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So, but I feel as if it's going to be fun. Yeah. I get a very big corset vibe out of it. <laughs> All I want to do is play corsets too. Yeah, and like that's not I'm not disrespecting it by saying yeah. that. Like I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I love playing AB magic and if I can just do that, like that's what I want to do. If I can just put a bunch of good cards in my deck and have a little bit of synergy with like historic or whatever and stuff like that, I'm just pumped. Let's do it. Yeah. But all right. So card you expect or want to show up in an eternal format. All right. So I got, I have two written down here. So the lowest hanging fruit is dampening sphere. (laughs) I think Yeah. like, I think that card shows up in vintage at least. Right. There are people who are actually arguing that this card is not a good sideboard card, and I want to slap every one of them. Like, like I was listening to two people argue about it, and suddenly one of them just like pipes like, "John, what do you think?" And I'm like, "I'm like, I think that uh, the person who thinks that, like the person who thought this card, I'm like, I think this person is wrong extremely and don't understand how a good sideboard card works." Yeah, right. Like, like it's narrow. Of course, but the thing is... Except is that, it's not. Uh, oh, yeah, like, I, I keep forgetting. Like, like, like I think I think the problem is, is we just fix it on that first line. Yeah, like... And then there, we, there yeah, is, we forget about the second card, the second piece. Yeah, like, this is one of those few, like, sideboard cards that is actually very, very good in multiple situations. Because mm-hmm. it stops both, both um, lands that tap for multiple mana, and it is a hoser for storm decks, right? Yeah. Like, it does two very, very powerful things. And I don't think it's... It's not like the end-all be-all, right? Like, I don't think this card is innately better than a Blood Moon. No. But this card is something that a lot of X can just run because it's all this artifact. And it it completely destroys a lot of decks, actually. I mean, like, this basically just, like, rips the nuts off of Tron, doesn't it? Like well, it, it slows down Tron yep. just like Blood Moon would, mm-hmm. but it does it faster. Yep. Uh, this is extremely backbreaking to um, Amulet Titan. Yep. Which is still a deck. Like <laughs> they, the deck thrives off the power of the Karu lands. If your Karu lands don't tap for two, suddenly you're just playing lands that force you to bounce a land back to your hand. Yeah, that seems good. That's really bad. <laughs> and then any deck that casts more than one spell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, 
I have a fear that a lot of people are just going to board this in against a lot of decks, thinking that it's good when it's actually not. Oh yeah, like I could see someone boarding this in against a control deck for some ungodly reason. <laughs> but you know, I mean, if they want, whatever. To. Maybe this this hampers a lot of the con- like this can hamper any combo deck that wants to cast more than one spell. Yeah, like. You get you can live the dream of going like land mox dampening sphere on the play against your uh, workshops opponent, uh, and just for once they get to feel the pain that everyone else feels. Yeah, and when they're when, when they, they when they groan, you're just like, this is how it feels. Like <laughs> this is what I've had to deal with until this goddamn card was printed. <laughs> like, think about how bad ancient tomb is. With dampening sphere in play. Oh my gosh! Or how bad uh, City of Traders is with dampening sphere? It's like City of oh, Traders. Nice... Yeah, that's a brick. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a nice land that taps for one mana, and then you have to sacrifice. Yep, have fun Feels with that. Good. Yeah. Good. Like this card will probably show up. Um. So so the second one I wrote down is um. Uh, uh, Squee the Immortal. <laughs> and I don't know here, but anytime you have a card you can cast from Exile, you just have to give it a sideways glance and like look back and forth between it and Food Chain and wonder if they're going to go for it. <laughs> so, I was thinking about that in regards to Squee, and I unfortunately do not think that he makes the cut. I mean, probably not. If... Um, Eternal Scourge didn't exist. This would probably see play, but Eternal Scourge is just a better version of Squee. That's really well, all it comes down to. So Squee has one thing that it can do that I know isn't super relevant, but is kind of relevant, is that it can be cast from your graveyard. Yeah, and like, but... Like, that's... Like, that's not, like, oh, plus one to this card. That's, like, plus point one to this card. Like, it is something. And I don't know how relevant that is, really. But, I mean, being able to do that is, you know, not... I, I don't think it's... I think it's a non-zero upside. But I don't think it's a significant upside, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, it's relevant if you're in an awkward situation where you're chump blocking with a squee, but in what universe are you chump blocking with a squee in Legacy? I mean, you know. That's that's the only thing, right? Is like, like if, you weird, to chump, if, you have, if you have to chump block with an Eternal Scourge, you don't get to cast it again because it doesn't exile itself. Yeah. But Eternal Scourge is also a 3-3, which means it's less likely to need to chump block. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Squee is squee. Like, I think I think it it at least gets the sideways glance. Yeah, like you, every squee ever gets a sideways glance because like it's probably bustable in some way. Maybe. Yeah, uh, maybe we're not sure. That's why it's like yeah. okay, but you like you know it's it's squee. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? Mine is a card that the first time I saw it, I don't remember oh, exactly what I said. Something but it, nice, I remember that. It was something involving, like, what the shit are you doing, wizards? Yeah, you were, you were like, I think you were actually mad. Yeah. 
I, I've calmed down a little bit since seeing this card, but I still think this card is kind of unreasonable. Uh, yeah. And that is Shalai, Voice of Plenty. You hate cards like this. Uh. So, I hate Hexproof <laughs> with, a, with a fiery passion. Mm. And Shalai gives you planeswalkers you control and other creatures you control hexproof. Shalai is three colorless and a white for a three four flying <sighs> legendary creature angel. Why did they have to make Why? it a three four? Sorry. Okay, continue. Sorry. Why did they have to make it a three four? <laughs> this is like the death rite shaman thing all over again. Why is it a one two? Yeah. Why not a one one? Why is this not a one? Why is this not a three three? Why does this survive lightning bolt? Like that's the problem too. Is it's like if it if it died to lightning bolt, it would be fine to to less than fine. Like, but like the fact that it can survive a lightning strike or a lightning bolt is just like really like yeah. we're gonna do this. And then if you really, really need it, you can spend four colorless and two green to put a plus one counter on each creature you control also. Mm-hmm. So you have a built-in Gaviny Township on your 3-4 flying Angel Beat Stick. Uh, God damn it. God damn it. Because sure. Just sure. Why not? All I don't I- know what I'm cutting for, but this card's going in Kiki. All I know is, is that this dies to Choop. <laughs> It does, but I'm thinking of modern. Yeah, I'm thinking of arena. <laughs> that's the only thing I play. You know, priorities. Right. Like, I kind of agree with you, though. It, the, the, it feels... So usually... So usually I'm pretty okay with, like, the nuance of things and stuff like that. Like, people will be like, oh, Wizards, you did this, but then you did this thing, and they're, and I think they're the same, so, you know... Why the heck did you do that? And I, I can look at that usually and go, well, they're not the same situation if you look at them. But I look at this and I look at them cutting back on the like he- like full hexproof and like going to like the hexproof rum or whatever, more so. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, really, guys, <laughs> really? It's like we don't like hexproof. Hexproof is non-interactive. By the way, let's get everything in the world hexproof. Uh, yeah. Let's see why. At least it's legendary, so... Yeah, you can't have two protecting each other. God damn. God damn it. God, God damn it. Alright, okay. So, bomb or bust card. So this is a card that we think will either be just, like, super, super great or absolutely unplayable, but it's just impossible to tell at this point. And we had a lot of trouble with it, or I had a lot of trouble with this, I'll say. So... I'll just get mine out of the way here really quick um, because reasons. Okay, so the card I picked was Final Parting, which is three black black for a sorcery. Search your library for two cards, put one into your hand and the other into your graveyard and shuffle your library. So first off, I just think this is a really cool design. Like, this is a really sweet card design in my opinion. Um, so Second, I think the way we were talking, like I kept asking him, like I'm like, is this card even good? Because I don't think it is. But the thing you kind of said is like, if there is a reanimator deck that wants to be doing something like this, it could be a good card. Yeah, like this it, it gets both like of your pieces. Of. Yeah, it gets both of your pieces for five mana, which 
okay, it's five mana, but like I could think of doing worse things, you know, like just being like, okay, here's my target. Here's my spell I'm going to use to reanimate it is kind of worthwhile. Um, I mean, what needs to be said though is, is one, can you be casting a five mana spell and doing nothing else and then doing something the next turn in this format? Two, can you, or is there a deck that even wants, that can do something like this or wants to do something like this? That's the thing. Yep. I mean, those are the questions, so. But I, like, you know, all we need is, like, a good reanimation spell, basically, right? Like, it's, we already have a reanimation-style deck in the format in God Pharaoh's Gift. Mm-hmm. So, there have been Esper variants of that deck, and it wouldn't be that insane if you play a deck that can resist dying to go turn five this, bin a God Pharaoh's Gift, get a refurbish for my hand, and next turn you're set up, right? But the question is, can the deck support it or not? And that's the question is too, is it's like, because this card for the most part, it's like, it's like next turn I'm I'm set, but I am taking I am time walking myself almost to do that. Like, yeah, like you're taking the whole turn on. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. So we we shall see. It'll be interesting. Yep, it will. All right, John, what do you got? Uh, once again, I have a couple cards to talk about in this category. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is one that I personally want to use. Uh, this plays into my whole aristocrat strategy. Um, and that is Song of Frailies, which is one of the sagas, actually. So it's an enchantment at uncommon for colors and a green. At, uh, its first effect happens twice. Yeah, so one in chapters so, one and two are... Yeah. Until your next turn, creatures you control gain tap add one mana of any color to your mana. One mana of any color. Yep. Sorry. They got rid of all references to the mana pool. Oh, yeah. Lots of people are still used to saying that. Yeah. So add one mana of any color. That is basically Cryptolith Rites. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is really powerful and did lead to the last iteration of Aristocrats that I played at the last time. It was actually not terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third and final chapter put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Those creatures gain vigilance, trample, and indestructible until end of turn. Hmm. Now that is a haymaker. That'll that'll punch some people in the nuts. So if there is an aristocrat style deck, I think this card is going in it. The question is, is there aristocrat style deck? <laughs> Isn't that always the question? I mean, we have that like if you look around, it looks like there's some pieces for it, but the question is, is like, will the whole thing come together? Yeah, which I'm gonna do my damnedest to try and make it happen. <laughs> we'll test it on Arena too. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. It's like until you see a certain card, we're, we're just have to hope that the next core set they um uh, reprint Nantuka Husk or something dumb. <laughs> we already have Nantuka Husk. Oh, we do. Uh, it's called. Uh... Yeah, Henny. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but, um, all right. The next one that I think is worth mentioning is called Steel Leaf Champion, mm-hmm. which I personally find this card to be insanely boring. It is insanely boring. But people are talking about it. 
the low, low cost of green, 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 which is an insane mana cost for anyone who doesn't realize that, you get a 5-4 that can't be blocked by creatures with power 2 or less. <laughs> uh, That's some insane stats. Yeah. Like, damn. This card might be pushed too much. Really? We're going to talk about something else that got reprinted that might push this card over the edge. Okay. But this card is unreasonable. <laughs> okay. Actually, you know, I'm just going to steal it from you. They've reprinted Lana War Elves. Oh, okay. Yes, Lana War Elves. All right. Yeah. Which means this card can be cast on turn two. Mm hmm. And unlike uh, Ronus's Last Stand, this doesn't time walk you for the next turn, also. Mm hmm. This is just a five four. Yeah. With evasion. I mean that's that's turn yeah, turn two, slam this on the table and look at your opponent and be like, yeah. do you have an answer for this? And <laughs> the answers in the format don't really match up well against it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. It'll be interesting. Alright. And then the last last one is a pseudo honorable mention, uh Varix Bladewing. Is a 4-4 flying dragon for two colorless and two red with kicker of two colorless and a red. And if you cast it with its kicker cost, you also put another 4-4 flying dragon into play. Uh, this card... Or sorry, kicker of just three colorless. Yep. Uh, this card is very much a throwback to uh, Broodmate Dragon, yep. which was very powerful. And this card might be powerful as a result, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah, that could be full. As I said, we'll have to see. We don't know. <laughs> yep. We're not omniscient, I guess. But yeah. All right. So you kind of spoiled some of it. So best reprint in the set. So I'm just going to point out, I just checked. There are 22 reprints in this set. That is insane. <laughs> and awesome. I, thought, I actually thought there were more. I, I just literally went and physically counted them out. Minus the basic lands and minus the uh, non minus lands, basically. Basic and non-basic. Oh, get, not counting all lands? Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. Yeah, I didn't yeah. count any lands. So, um, right. so yeah. I mean, obviously they reprinted some of the lands, but yeah, right now we're just, we're just focusing on cards that are exciting and not just super necessary. So... I'm probably going to go off on a giant tear, so I don't know if you want to take take yours first here. All right. So this is necessary to talk about because... <laughs> You're you. we got to stay on brand. Yep. <laughs> they, someone asked me when they reprinted Goblin Piledriver if I thought goblins were now good enough for modern. <laughs> and I said no. Because you're missing the things that make goblins broken in modern. Or in they're like, well, in legacy, sorry. Oh, good. And I'm like, they're like, well, what makes goblins broken in legacy? And I'm like, goblin or er, goblin warchief, mm -hmm. goblin ringleader, and goblin matron. Yep. They've now put goblin warchief in standard, which means it's now in modern. Goblin Warchief is a colorless and red-red for a 2-2. With, uh, with goblins you control have haste, and goblin spells you cast cost one less to cast. Mana reductions are powerful. Yeah, they're pretty good. This is kind of insane. 
Like, is this? Do you think this pushes it over the edge? Like it? Like you could play the deck? In modern, I don't think so, but it's close. It's, cl- it's get. It's like really, really close. It's getting up there, right? Mm-hmm. And then they also reprinted Siege Gang Commander, which is already a modern legal card. But it's this good. is just. <laughs> This is just really good value. Like the card's just great. The card's sweet. Uh, the token that goes with this card is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then they're also printing Goblin or Skirk Prospector, mm-hmm. which is a one-one for one red, which sacrifice a Goblin add red to your mana pool, which allows Goblins to get around mana stuff. I don't think this pushes it over the edge in modern, but I do think that these cards. They might make a goblin deck viable in standard. We will see. It'll be interesting to see. Like, I hope so for your sake. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath, but I'm keeping my eyes out for available options. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I also wanted to mention the reprinting of Gilded Lotus. That card's sweet. Which is a commander and cube all star, which has been slowly climbing in price, and it's just a really cool card. Yep. Um,. Thorn Elemental I wanted to talk about because this was the first rare I ever owned. I was going to say, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's just a special card to you in general. (laughs) Yeah, like, so many people, like, their first thing was, like, buying the 7th edition starter set, Mm -hmm. and it came with a foil Thorn Elemental. So Thorn Elemental just has a special spot in my heart, Mm -hmm. and I will never forget Thorn Elemental being a magic card. Also, the, the rarity shifts down to uncommon makes sense I I guess. Oh. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. I uh, sorry, I lost you there for a second was all. Uh yeah, I'm yeah, I, I, the rarity shift on uncommon makes sense. Okay, yeah. It's sure. sure. And then another another card that I just really like, like I've never played it in a deck ever, but I love the effect is Gaia's Blessing. I've seen that every time and I keep looking at the card and I'm like, gosh, I'm like I want to play this in a deck, but I don't know of a deck I would play it in ever. That's kind of where I am. Like, it's always like the one of the last cards I cut from a deck. Yeah, and you're like, but it's it's colorless and a green for a sorcery. Target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into their library. Draw a card. When Guy's Blessing is put into your graveyard from your library, shuffle your graveyard into your library. That's a cool card. Yeah, the card's really fascinating, and I just like the card. Mm -hmm. I'm sad that it doesn't always shuffle itself back in. So you can only get an advantage off at once, but whatever. I mean, well, two of them goes infinite. Well, three of them goes infinite. Okay. Two of them you still deck yourself. Okay. Worth noting. Worth. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, <laughs> all right. So are you ready to get down and dirty here? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to go in the order I have them listed on my notes here, but. Um, so you said Lana Elves is getting reprinted. That's notable. Yep. Um, that is extremely notable because one mana mana dorks are broken. They're they're very good. Um, I see manipulators getting reprinted. That card is sweet. Uh, I'm super pumped with, for it. With great new art because all the other previous arts for I see manipulators sucked. I have to say, John, that that is a fact, um, and we yes. will actually get into some of that shortly here. Um, I didn't realize this was a reprint until I looked it up, but Skizik, <laughs> which is yeah. a completely forgettable red card. And I'm super pumped about that because I love it when they reprint old cards like that. Uh, love the new Fire Elemental reprint. Love the, love Juggernaut being in the set because Juggernaut Bietch. 
Um, Aesthere Glider from Alliances getting a reprint. Yeah. I did not know that. Still happy. Uh, Rescue got a reprint. Uh, yeah, I'm hitting a lot. Um, Syncopate was a reprint, obviously. Um, okay, so let's get... So these are my meaty ones now. Um, the first card I saw that I was excited that it was a reprint, and I actually had to double check because I thought... I'm like, I'm like, I read it and I'm like, oh, this has to be a reprint, is um, uh, Tragic Poet. <laughs> and um, totally forgettable card, but... Um, one white for a 1-1 one, one creature human. Tap, sacrifice, tragic put, return target enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. But I, I remember looking through the set and I saw that card. I'm like, I'm like that has to be a reprint. Like I, I felt I had seen it from somewhere. It was from uh, Urza's Saga. Yeah. Um, that flavor text is also really good. The, on the, uh, this new one? Yeah, the new one. Everything about this new one is phenomenal. Like it look the the art is great, the flavor text is great. Like I love it. I'm super happy this card got a reprint because this is, I think it's just. I like peaceful cards in Magic sometimes. Like, and this is one of those cards that it's not like they're not like a warrior or a cleric. Like it's it's literally creature human. Like that's all. There is no other type on it. Yep. It's just a dude. And I, I I really like the feeling of this card. It just makes it feel like a person in the in this in the world. You know, it's really I, I it's just a card that feels good when I read it. Um, so then the next card that I stumbled across that I'm like, this is a reprint. I'm pretty sure of also was um a uh, Sage of Latnam, um which is from Antiquities and so reprints from Alliance from Antiquities from you know. Alpha, like I am so pumped about all the like the reprints like this. But um, so Sage of Latinam has to be like one of the records for um, condensing the original text down to modern templating. Like if you read the original text on it, it's absolutely absurd. Um, but basically, the card is. Uh, uh, sorry, I just got to get back there. Uh, it's one in a blue for a one-two. Tap, sacrifice, an artifact, draw a card. And, Simple. Yep. And the, and the text on the original card is like four or five lines long, I think. Uh, six lines. Six lines long, yes. <laughs> so, you know, technology has changed a little bit. But they did a phenomenal job of... Like, that's another one of those cards that, like, when you look at both of the arts, you're like... You can feel how it connects, if that makes sense. Like, even though they're not like the same at all, but like you look at them and you're like, these feel good. They, they feel the same way in some weird ways. But I'm super pumped about old cards. Okay, so my favorite reprint, and probably the one that I will. I had. A, I already had an argument with somebody about this one, and it was Andy. Um, <laughs> but not surprised. <laughs> so. Sarah Angel is reprinted in this set. So I think Sarah Angel is a phenomenal card. Like, I just love this card. I think it's positioned just about, like, I think design-wise it's positioned right where it needs to be. It's hilarious that this card was, like, not being reprinted for a while because they're like, oh, this card's way too good for magic. Um, when realistically it should be an uncommon <laughs> where it's at. Yep. Um, the... 
the flavor text on this one is probably one of the better ones, if not the best. The art on this one is the best, hands down. I will fight people. Yep. yep. Like, yep. like they finally did it. They finally made Sarah Angel art that looks awesome. And I've I've argued with so I've argued with people before about how oh the old art is better. No, the old art was terrible. Like yeah. I'm sorry, it's all nostalgia. The old art did not look good on almost anything. There's very, very few cards that I look at that I'm like, oh man, the art on this is great. Like it's iconic and it's interesting, but like I don't long for the old art days like some people do. And I think that's just like I have no idea why. Like people would do that. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know. Like whatever but i am so so happy that this card exists in the set i think it's a great card i love what they did with it i am so 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 happy about this card that's all <laughs> i agree with all statements all right good <laughs> at least i'm right 22 reprints love it i i i love reprints in sets i think there should be more reprints in normal in the average set personally but yeah, but you gotta keep it. You know, you can't have too many throwbacks. I get it. I just, I love it when they do really on-topic reprints that for the set. Um, like in, uh, Omnicat. Well, uh, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, was it? Oh, what was it called? Renewed faith. Like the renewed faith reprint. There. Um, I was thinking shadows over Innistrad. Um, it was either shadows over Innistrad or Eldritch Moon. I can't remember which one. But there was um, uh, that super forgettable enchantment from Mercadian Masks that got reprinted. Uh, oh, Happy Grandma. Happy Grandma. Um, um, and then they reprinted that, like, an aura or something like that. Um, that you could, like, discard or something like that, I think. I can't remember what it was. But it was, like, something Wings or, or Flight or something like that. It was, like, a blue card from, like, Onslaught or something like that, I think. Um, if I'm... What? Spectral Wings? Spectral Wings, maybe that was it. It wasn't from Onslaught. Um, what was the set with Madness? Was it Onslaught? I don't remember uh, which... I gotta remember what it was. But they, but they reprinted... Um... Yeah, on, it was the, one with, the Onslaught was one with Marari for the set symbol, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, because Wild Mongrel is from that set. No, it wasn't Spectral Wings. Um... Oh, what was it? What was it? Spectral Flight? No, that's not it. That's the one. That's a different one. Um, Either way. I, I keep thinking of like Phantom Wings, but that's a different one. No. Oh, no, that, that's the one from... That's the one, I'm thinking of Phantom Wings, so it's different. But but they printed a card... Phantom Wings is coming out. Yeah. Or actually, no, it's Weatherlight. Um, that's where I know it from. Um, but uh, it fit the set so perfectly um and i love it when they do that when they can take a card out of another set and put it in that fits absolutely perfectly and i wish they would try to find more cards especially i love it when they find old cards like freaking ace deer glider like god damn i love that like <laughs> oh man i i just want them to like i love it when they take especially when they take cards from homelands antiquities uh fallen empires and the dark like when i realized that like elves of the deep shadow got uh, like I was looking back on sets that I hadn't been like Elves of the Deep Shadow got a reprint in original Ravnica. I was like, yes! Like, I was so stoked about that because I love it when cards like that can end up in the newer sets. 
Fun fact about Elves of the Deep Shadow, I actually go out of my way to find various printings of the original art. Like, I have, like, the F&M promo of the original art, and I have a foreign printing of the original art, just because I love the original art. Is an F&M promo of Elves of the Deep Shadow? Yeah, it's foil. Sweet. Like, of the original art? Yeah. Like, the original, original it's, art? It's the original, it's the original art with the pitch black wings, but it's, it was printed, I think it was actually printed in Ravnica. As an FM promo. Really? This is ain't good. Let me. I gotta, I'm sorry. I'm just like really confused by this. Yeah. But, like literally I, the I, one I, from the dark. That's yeah. just like a person's the, face. Yes. Huh. Interesting. Was re, was reprinted as a promo. Cool. I'll take it. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. Like I. I don't know. I think. I think it's super cool when they do stuff like that. But okay. So John, big ticket cards. <laughs> All right, so I think Watsy finally did it. Okay. And I applaud them. Oh. They figured out a way to print a mox that isn't broken beyond all reason. <laughs> okay. And the trick is to make it so it doesn't actually do anything until you already have a powerful card in play. Uh, mox Amber is a cult. Zero mana artifact, legendary artifact. Add one colors of and add one mana of any color among legendary creatures and planeswalkers you control. <laughs> so it only taps for mana if you already control a planeswalker or a legendary creature. And by the time you have that, it probably shouldn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like the cards, debatably, if it's even that good in EDH, it's probably fine. Yeah, it's probably fine, but. It's a mox. It's sweet. Yeah. I approve. I'm a fan. It's a zero cost artifact. Yeah. I mean, that's got to count. How broken those are. That's got to count for something. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. Uh, otherwise, Karn, Scion of Urza has been talked about by a lot of people. That card just. I look. Every time I read that card, I'm just like. Bleh. It's not. I'm not a huge fan of it. I. I but. Whatever. Uh, my one friend says that if the card costs one mana less, he'd try and play it in Affinity. I think he's wrong huh. in multiple ways. <laughs> um, it's basically, you'd only be doing it for the ultimate at that yeah, point. Yeah, I suppose. But I mean, like... But, um, um, I mean, you know, you can ultimate him out of the gate, so... Yeah, which is okay. Uh, I there interesting enough. He actually caused some drama in regards to brawl because someone brought up the fact that the, that he's really really bad in brawl, and so as a result, they're going to change one of the rules in brawl to make him better. Which is like, I have no idea. They haven't said what it is okay. yet. I'm guessing they're gonna say you can play lands that tap for mana of any color if your commander is close. Yeah, that's. I'm assuming that's going to be it. That's super simple. Also, I kind of want to kick the guy in the nuts who actually complained about Karn being bad in Brawl because seriously, why does it matter? Because it matters, John. I mean, that's why. One that's why I write. Right. That's why I write letters every day to to Watsi to tell them to stop printing X spells because it just breaks pack wars. Like like fire breathing is too good. You you have to stop printing fire breathing cards. It makes pack wars terrible. Exactly. I watched a guy who had a Tetsamok in Pack Wars lose 
because his opponent had the one two that fire breeze for three mana trample. Oh yeah, dude, that card's unbeatable. Exactly, like, that's unreasonable. You literally cannot beat that card. Like Tetsumak, yeah, is basically is Wrath of God, but like with the six six body in in pack wars, but you know can't beat that trample you though. can't beat that trample like that's it's impossible like if there's a fireball in a set it's like that's just the best card to hit like they, yeah. they, they have to stop printing these broken cards they need to develop their sets <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay all right uh continuing on <laughs> teferi hero of dominaria this might actually be one of the best control planeswalkers printed in so long Sweet. Like, damn. Uh, three colorless, white and blue for a four loyalty planeswalker with plus one draw card at the beginning of the next end step on tap two lands. Oh God, that's a throwback. Yeah. Uh, negative three. Put target non-land permanent into its owner's library third from the top. Oh. Not bad. Mm-hmm. And negative eight. You get an emblem with whenever you draw a card, exile target permanent and opponent controls. John, stop talking dirty to me. That is a win con. Boy, howdy, is that a win con. I get, I'm just going to exile everything. It just gets me tingly everywhere because I get to draw cards and do things while I'm drawing cards. But I, I love how it says permanent. Yes. Not non-land permanent. Yes, that's ridiculous. But Okay. That's fascinating. Uh, last card we're talking about is Jaya Ballad Taskmate. Or Jaya Ballad, sorry, just Jaya Ballad. Uh, because we finally have her in place in planeswalker form, yep. and she doesn't seem that good at all. But she's, a but she's cool. She only goes up until she ultimates. Yep. Okay. So, um, all right, cool. So, favorite card overall? I'm just gonna get mine off. This was a really tough one for me because I liked a lot of cards, and they're actually going a little meta on this one. I picked them a uh, Tiana Ship's Caretaker. So that's the um. Uh, Red White Angel Legendary. That's the ship's mechanic from the story. I just get a kick out of, kick out of the character from the story. The art's really cool. Whatever the effect and stuff like that. I just think the I just think the character is really cool, and I like how they portrayed him on the portrayed the character on the card because the effect feels like it fits the character too. Yeah, that's a, it. Is a sweet card. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't realize it was an angel when I first. I saw know, it, right? So. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mine, I have two yep. again with an honorable mention. Um, my main one is Slimefoot the Stowaway, which is my um, Blood Artist equivalent for this uh, Aristocrat <laughs> yep. deck that I'm thinking of. It's just, he's sweet. He's a 2 3 for 3 in green and black. And whenever a sapperling you control dies, target player loses life and you gain a life, and you pay four colorless mana to create a uh, sapperling. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, Helm of the Host is the first card in a long time that I've seen that I am going to put in Krenko. Hmm. Because, damn. That is a powerful, powerful ability on that card. Jeez. Yep. Uh, it's like a five mana equipment that equips for five. That At the beginning of your upkeep, put a copy of equipped creature into play, except it is non-legendary if the equipped creature is legendary. And that copy gains haste. It doesn't go away. Oh, so I, I can just, just have I was thinking, in- oh, it goes away, but no, it does not. No. So I can build up an army of Krenkos. Living the dream. Also, four-mana uh, four artifact, beginning of combat. Okay, sorry. No, all good. I'm just, I'm just correcting you because you're doing yeah. it from memory. Um, yeah. Okay. Yep. 
And then I want to do an honorable mention for Wizards Lightning and Wizards Retort. You love mirrored cards. <laughs> they're mirrored cards. They have the the flavor text flows together beautifully, and I love how it's Counterspell and Lightning Bolts, <laughs> but they're converted to yep. uh, Open Fire and uh, Cancel. Yep. So it's be- I it's love it. They're fascinating. Okay. Overall opinion of the set. Go for it. All right. Uh, random thing. The for the first time ever, I think blue is actually the color with the best art in a in a recent set. And you are critical, which of is not art, yeah. I am highly critical of blue, but blue just has a lot of diversity in its art this time, mm-hmm. and I just really really appreciate it. I just wanted to mention that blue. You get a thumbs up from me. <laughs> and also, there's been a lot of complaining i've been hearing from people who they have a problem with the marketing of dominaria uh it's being marketed as like the home of magic where everything came from and yada 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 and a lot of people who haven't been playing since the dawn of time uh they're basically taking insult with this like well this isn't my home i consider ravnica to be the plate you know my home plane or innistrad or yada 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 all those people need to shut up like this yeah okay this, this isn't about this is where you grew up. This is about your ancestral home. This is like, this isn't you going home to where you grew up. This is you going to where your great grandparents grew yeah. up, right? Like, if you can't appreciate the history of doing something like that, mm-hmm. you need to stop being so selfish. Yeah, uh, like, this like, is, like, I'm not into, like, like, that stuff kind of is just, like, whatever for me. But, like, I agree. It's like, this is, this is going to the... the the family farm that's been in the family for generations kind of thing. Like this is like magic exists how it is today because of Dominaria. Yeah. Like that's where like all the whole storytelling thing and all that stuff started. And like, yeah, you yourself might not have experience with Dominaria. I don't really have experience with Dominaria. Like, you know, the only thing. So here's the thing. Like I I, want to do this really quick for you. So John, what is Dominaria to you? Uh, a lore thing. So, like, no, like, if I say Dominaria name, like, what's the first card that comes to your head, or the first place in Dominaria that comes to your head, or the first whatever like that? Like, it's a Skirk. it's a lore thing. Like, you think of that stuff, right? Yeah, I think of Skirk, like th- home of the goblins. And, and when somebody says Dominaria to me, I obviously think of Mirage. I think of like that's what I think of, like you know, Jumara and everything like that. Like, I'm. That's where I'm at because guess what? That's where I like. That's where I started, and that's the place. And that's what's so difficult with them coming back here too, and everything. Like, the funny thing is, is that this is multiple different homes to multiple different people too. Like, mm-hmm. like magic owes a lot of what it has become by learning a lot from Dominaria, and also like the strengths it gained from Dominaria. Like, you know, it's I don't know. It's such a hard thing for them to do to like consolidate that sort of mentality yeah like it's it's just one of those things though it's like i don't know i just hate when people complain it's more of the story <laughs> well, I, well okay so i'm gonna complain now if that's okay yeah um this is the worst set in history and basically they should have never printed it for one specific reason there is no griffin in this set and i find that to be a giant affront to my interpretation of magic and dominaria so i'm mad but That's fair. yeah okay so all right now i'll get real um 
I am so freaking excited for this set. Like the, I really like the history theme of it. And I think, I think they made the correct decision. Try like when they're like, how do we figure out what Dominaria is? It's been basically blown to bits like 30,000 times. We've jumped into different continents that are completely different. Well, the thing that ties all together is it's shared history. And I think that's a powerful thing. Like being able to come into the set and have enough new things, but enough things that call back to things that we, you know, people who have been playing a long time appreciate or have heard about appreciate or things like that. Like, you know, like all these super awesome reprints, honestly, like the vast majority of them are super, super, super cool. Um, the like callbacks in art, you know, the callbacks in art style and flavor text. I think somebody said that um, every set that has taken place on Dominaria has its name mentioned in the flavor text or name of a card. Yep. And which is interesting that they, I, I'm sure they went another way to do that, but like tons of characters get callbacks and I like that they're not that they're that they're using the past to move forward if that makes sense instead of just trying to dwell on the past yeah like, like they're having all these little throwbacks to like things that have happened and like you know like little bits of history but that's more of just to like get people acclimated to the history mm -hmm. it's not dominating the set by any means right yeah. like even everything about the magic story it's there's a lot of throwbacks to the old crew of the Weatherlight. Mm -hmm. but that's because they're building a new crew of the Weatherlight. Yeah, and they're moving right? forward. That like basically all you like, you don't have to know everything about the old Weatherlight saga. Like you did, like you just have to know. Oh, Gerard was important, and these people like yep. him. Oh, you know, you, Jorah was. He was an important yeah, individual. Yeah, like you just have to know bits about like, and they give you that in the story. They give you. They're like, here's the here's the TLDR. That's all you need to know. Let's go forward. Like, and you can figure out, like, you don't even need to know some of that stuff. You know, it's, I don't know. It's mm -hmm. super, super cool. I don't know. I am, I am very excited for this set. I had, I have some coupons for the game store to get, it's like buy some packs, get some free or something like that. And I've had it for a while. And I'm like, I'm saving this to Dom till Dominaria. Like, and I'm so glad I did now because I, I am so pumped for this set. Gotta crack them packs. I'm gonna crack crack them, them bitches up. But all right, John, do you have anything else to throw in before we close up shop here? We've been running, we've been running long. Nah, I think I'm I'm good with how long we've we've have. We just talked about reprints the whole time. Um, so cool. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to uh, send us some feedback, thelocalmeta at gmail.com. You can catch us on Twitter at thelocalmetapc. You can catch me streaming on twitch.tv slash beware llamas and i've been doing it most nights here so um would love to see some people come in and say hi and tell me how bad i'm playing like john has been uh but yeah that's all john last word uh nope okay all right so <laughs> we will we will catch you next time see ya